nothing diverse about it. Burkina yeah. Fasco had uh, an attack. Oh, I forgot the name of the village, but a hundred rebels were killed. Like three hundred okay, fighters, so- just machine guns and stuff going at it. I don't know if anybody else. How I mean, I'm sure some of you, but are paying attention to what's been going on down there. But they've basically lost control of about half the country. Yeah, yeah. So Burkina Faso, uh, famously their largest uh, city is uh, Ouagadougou, and their second largest city is Bobo Dioulasso, and uh, they're by the Volta River uh, in the the west, no, the east of Africa. No, the west of Africa. Sorry. Um, yeah, well, aren't they one of these uh, Russian-friendly countries that have emerged since the coup? Isn't that the well, big... Uh, you know, I never agreed with that whole thing. It's kind of like the, ha-ha, we're fighting white colonialism, bro. The French are leaving, dude. And that's just not what was going on. Remember when they said, oh, look, Nigeria, or not Nigeria, Niger and... um. And several other African states are going to kick out the French, blah, blah, blah. Each one had a very specific problem. And remember the videos I did I did on East Africa first with the Ethiopia, Sudan, Egypt issue. And then I did West Africa after that. And I was explaining Burkina and Niger and Mali and so on. It's not because of Wagner or russia kicking the french out of africa that was just some like internet bro thing that i don't know they think like like it's in russia's interest to kick them out of france it wasn't it was actually a woke and i hate the wef crap but it was a woke european thing where they shut down the nuclear power plants in germany and they just buy electricity from france who has all theirs open but another way to get at that is to uh, either increase the price of or temporarily halt sales of uranium to France, which they get from their, they're not colonies, but they get them from Africa. And, you know, way back, like last, I was still in Japan, so it was, you know, half a year ago or so, we talked about Ivory Coast and Ghana s- stepping it to France and Europe in general, trying to manufacture their own goods and things and this all come down sort of for a number of different economic reasons but some of it is because of the u.s sanction games and it is the sanctions on russia has affected things globally but um yeah it wasn't wagner or any of that that's all all right <laughs> it was, uh, but it was but Boko Haram. it was different terror and you know some of it is like oh are these weapons sales from ukraine no these are the same crap, usually from Saudi Arabia and the UAE, especially in the the Rapid Security Forces or RSF in Sudan. That's all UAE. Ninety nine percent of the gold being extracted from Sudan goes to the UAE into bank accounts owned by the brother and cousin of the leader of the paramilitary forces. Okay, okay. Uh, but to bolster my uh, Russia in Burkina Faso uh, narrative, uh, there was this piece of news I shared where Russia and Burkina Faso have entered an agreement to build a nuclear reactor in the country, which uh, I fully support. Um, yeah, I'm pro-nuclear. 
yeah yeah let's go like also like uh the the well this is a side point but like the climate change agenda where we doom the third world to living in squalor because they can't get electricity except from solar panels that's a cruel and evil way to treat them they should be able to develop energy the way they see fit and nuclear is the most cost efficient uh, so we're not hopefully we're not going to get a, a, a bobo dialasso uh chernobyl meltdown uh, but they do have energy needs and that should be their top priority to industrialize well to bolster my it ain't about russia it's this has been going on since 2015 and i'm pretty sure that whatever deal for a nuclear plant was way after that you you're talking like two to 2.6 million people been displaced and it's been ongoing and some of it was because of the fallout from the war in libya spilled over to mali i did a podcast with rob prince another one with steve zunez and i know they suck on other things but pretty good on mali about the 12 rig and the surplus weapons from gaddafi ended up all over the adjacent areas and some of it went all the way to mali and yeah it's it's complicated but the burkina fiasco you could call it has been going on for about eight years so Yeah. No one, no one pays attention to these things. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I, I believe it's said that the Arab Spring started in Burkina Faso. Uh, I believe that's an alternative narrative that's out there. It wasn't Tunisia. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't remember. Was, well, was that, was that 2011? That, yeah, the claim is that they were uh, inspired by a uh, protest that happened in Burkina Faso. But that's a weird uh, connection to make, and it could just be that there was a protest in Burkina Faso, and then some guy in Tunisia set himself on fire. Like, it doesn't have to be connected. It could just be happening in the same region of the world without, like, I don't, it, personally, I can't see a Tunisians take, uh, <laughs> being inspired by something happening in Burkina Faso, but, but yeah. Do you remember when Michelle Obama was holding that sign? It says, you know, bring back our girls or something like that about the, it was a bunch of women, I think like 22 kidnapped off a bus by Boko Haram in Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah. 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 We never got them back. Yeah. They just like bring, you know, release those girls. I think there's like 800 kidnappings. that. And, you know, they're just like, no, and okay, and they quit talking about it. Well, okay, I don't, I don't mean to be mean, but, like, uh, kidnapping in, on that scale just seems to be something that happens in that region of the world, and it doesn't really have to be a specific political motivation behind it. It's just something they do because they're militia groups. And they have their own communities and they live in the bush and they just do that sort of thing every now and then. It's not like tied to a larger Western narrative that we understand. It's just guys with guns doing whatever they want. Well, it's very tribal. I remember, I know that 
I don't know which one got categorized as Arab Spring first, but the war in Mali, which you had Islamic jihadists and Tuareg band together and spilled over into Burkina. So it was like Mali was before that there, they don't really operate in a state per se. It's kind of like some of it's in Mali. Some of it is, I mean, Boko Haram's in Nigeria, obviously, but some of it's in Niger and some of it's in Burkina Faso. But I remember it started in Mali because it was the, uh, Maghreb insurgencies in Sahel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the entire notion of the nation state is something that we have imposed upon Africa that doesn't really track. It doesn't, that's not something they actually do. Uh, I remember I used to have um, a professor who uh, his dissertation was on the Congo nationalist movement. And uh, his conclusion was there uh, was that there was no such thing because they're so like, so because they don't have the conception of themselves as being Congolese, they uh, they belong to a tribe and that's who they care about. This mm-hmm. idea that you think about the nation as a whole, uh, it doesn't really uh, track in the in Africa because uh, all the borders were created by Europeans and they're straight and they're weird and they don't correspond to real life. Um, conditions on the ground. It's just like we decided that that's a country. And so now they have to live in the wake of that and try to figure out how to uh, cobble together a country of a nonsensical, uh, contradictive uh, tribal affiliations. It's cyclical too because they, there's a lot of. Huh. There's a lot of problems from the inside and the outside. I'm not one of these people that act like, oh, Africa's being oppressed by Europeans. Like, no, there's a lot of domestic corruption within their own governments, their own police departments, and the rest of it. But it gets exacerbated by these global institutions, for example, that uh, instigate predatory lending to a corrupt state. And then, of course, well, of course, they'll take all the loans and stuff and squander a lot of money on themselves for their personal interests but at the expense of the whole nation and, and sometimes depreciating their currency it gets so bad and so big but they continue to give them the loans and then they go out and they make all these advertisers like oh look at the conditions of this african state or that african state you need to, we need to give them more aid but like those it's not aid it's loans you're driving them further in the debt and charging interest it, like what you keep calling aid isn't what people think it is when they hear the word. This is they're not given debt forgiveness like Israel every year is. <clears throat> well, yeah, and on that point, like that's uh, I hear a lot of people complaining about uh, China's role in uh, Africa, but after what China does is loan you infrastructure, and after that's done, at least there's infrastructure, at least there's a port or road like they like they uh remove the ability of the local despot to enrich himself too grandly like you get something out of that at least because 
well, uh, and and the other. Um, well, they got a lot of infrastructure that... from Europeans too. Like, I'm going to make a really cold case here, but getting colonized is not like a a total negative net sum. It's not so bad to have roads and radios. <laughs> there were there were some. It depends on who colonizes you. But look at Taiwan by Japan, for example. All of their hospitals, all their major railroads, all the real infrastructure was built by Japan. They completely wiped out disease there for a time. And, you know, the Brits and French did bring a lot of technology and innovation with them. They weren't just whipping people to pick the cocoa and go in the cold mines. Now, there were some places like that, like in Rhodesia in South Africa, where it was real bad. But it's a case-by-case thing. The same thing with the New World. The French traded with the Native Americans and things. The Spanish just went out and shot everybody. It depended on who it was and how it went, specifically. Well, you could go to Kenya today and ride the railroads that the Brits made. And, um, like, there's not a lot of new infrastructure projects unless it's, like, oil pipelines in Nigeria who who people steal from. And, like, it's a difficult place to get anything done, to be honest. It is there. Some of the most restrictive governments and most regulations on Earth. You'll see certain coastal cities look like any coastal city. In Angola or something, you could, you know, it looks the same as, you know, I don't know, Sydney or wherever. But you go five miles east and it's almost jungle huts. It's really weird how developed and underdeveloped one part of the nation is from another. In some of these spots. Anyway, a hundred dead. The village was defended. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of. I just know the big cities. I don't know all the villages in, in Burkina, but like I did read the story and, and I just don't know what the solution is. Because I have, anytime I cover this, I did a movie about Zambia. I've done, I did a film on the Biafran War, no one cared. Um, I warned people up and down about Sudan, and I said how that would affect Egypt, which affects Palestine. I can't get people to care about Africa. People will pretend to because they feel like they're supposed to. They don't generally care. And I think it's just like, Africa fatigue. There's been so much violence for so long in places like the Congo, especially that it's kind of like Chicago. Just oh, some people got shot this weekend. That's uh, normal. Shouldn't be. <laughs> How do you deal with Boko Haram or Al Shabaab or some of these groups, these mercenary forces? This spills over because, like, a lot of the the mercs the UAE and Saudi used in Yemen were from Sudan and Somalia. 
They even had mercenaries from Africa in as part of the so-called Chechen rebels, like that gas attack in a theater in Moscow. That was um, yeah. They weren't. They I, were I, Chechen, you know, quote unquote. I found the uh, the the name of the village is Gibo. Yeah, it's. I think that's on the border with Mali. Yeah, it's in northern Burkina Faso. Okay. Guys, I have a question about Burkina Faso and Mali and all. Uh, like True. what happened the last time? Was that like a Russian army in the M28 that killed, uh, that like eliminated, liquidated all these uh, ISIS who said that they want to like do a cop on, on the government? Normally, the ones that deal with the rebels when it gets too bad are the French. And normally, the, the, Doctors Without Borders are, they're French. And because people over there speak French and it's sort of their police district or whatever. There have been some Wagner forces in North Africa recently, but they're not like having battles with Boko Haram or anything. They more uh, well, or less I help smuggle goods to ports for black markets. That's what Prigozhin had them doing. Okay, so I have uh, the 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 name of the group that attacked that uh, city, Jibo, was uh, Jamat Nusrat Al Islam Val Muslim. So at least forty ISIS. civilians died. Well, no, no, well, well, I don't. Know. It's not the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria when it's in Africa, yeah, but these well, are Takfiri sectarian salafist groups so they have that in common yeah but like uh, calling yourself isis just used to be a trend like different african groups would do it without actually ever having contacted anyone in isis they would just say oh yeah we're isis so we're really dangerous you should fear us it's like yeah a look at this black flag yeah it's like we're al-qaeda no you're not <laughs> Prophet Muhammad had that black flag. I mean, this black flag is not new. It's from 1,400 years. I'm not talking but, about the color. I'm talking about the ISIS flag with the white writing yeah. and the black. Yeah, and some people saying that these people who try to do a cop, they're like supported from the Zionism, from like the Mossad to to take over what that Russia uh, helped to take over from these three countries. They don't want Russia to to be like. They have nothing to do with Russia or Israel. For once. <laughs> also, a cool tasty. I uh, this uh, this annoys me. So it's called a coup. It's spelled C O U P. Yeah. It's a coup. There's no coup. It's a yes. coup d'état. It's a coup. <laughs> Okay, it's a second language, probably, but well, that's not a second language. It's a second language for Varg too, and it's not a English word either. Oh, but uh, you should know what well, coup oh, anyway. I feel dude, like. Uh, ha have you ever looked up the definitions of different coups, like uh, the French have, like a coup de jour, a coup de main, a coup? Like they have. Uh, a coup d'etat, like 
Like there's, you could do a coup in many ways, and the French have words for all of them. That says something about France. <laughs> well, they had the the terrors and the revolution and everything. Yeah, they like so. They they're affiliated with coups. They know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just uh, like the most common one is a two. Which I believe is when you killed them, like uh, they did with uh, that guy in Chile on 9 11 in 1973. That's when you do a coup. Yeah, Allende. Allende. And uh, when you do a coup, but you also kill the head of state, which is like a very forceful way of saying, I'm in charge. I just killed the head honcho. Yeah, I was just mentioning a coup d'etat because I feel like that's an expression they may have heard and go, see, coup, not coop. Thank you. I apologize in advance. Well, I have some bad news from Norway. Another one that gets me is when someone's like, oh, I went to culinary school for cooking. I'm like, it's not culinary, man. It's culinary. Colon sounds like you're, you know, something else. Culinary uh, school. Yeah. Look it up. Okay, so so my joke is, uh, I have some bad news. The wolf has done a coup in the chicken coup. Haha, <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. No, I thought it's it was like a coup, a real coup, like not like a, a, a coup d'état, like it was. A real coup, you know, the milking coup at the beginning. And then like I start knowing it's 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 different meaning. Mm. Anyway, there's this derp take about Russia and China and Africa. It's always from people that just never studied it, don't know any of the African leaders or parties or what's going on. They just heard something in a video somewhere like, Oh, China's like taking over Africa, bro global south dude and uh, no they're not at all a cunt hair better deal than the europeans and they're just exploiting them a little bit less china doesn't give a damn about africa they just want their stuff 